Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the first episode of the Beneath the Frozen Sea podcast for the Seattle Kraken, brought to you by Davy Jones Locker Room. I am one of your hosts, Sean Mallon, and I'm joined on air by... That would be Sky on air. I am the uh, editorial director of Davy Jones Locker Room and one of the hosts of Beneath the Frozen Sea. How are you, Sean? I am concerned. I am concerned about the way that the start of the season is gone. I'm not whatever the step after concerned is yet panicking, but uh, there's no denying that the Kraken are off to a slow start. They are. Um, I've got a big long list here of some bad news, and I don't want to bring bad news to our dear friends who listen and our dear friends who watch on YouTube, but it's bad. Just to start out, they are 1-4-1 one, and one through six games, good for six in the division. The offense is completely inept. Um, one of the worst power play percentages in the NHL right now. Third worst goals for per game in the league, only beaten by Washington and San Jose. Those are two teams right now you do not want to be in uh, the same company with. Third worst sh- team shooting percentage in the league at 420. He he and the third worst PDO in the entire league. Uh, And they also are hurt. Um, They've gone through a number of games where they have lost talent for 
two to three weeks. They lost Brandon Tanev, and then they lost Andre Burakovsky very recently against the New York Rangers, and he's going to be out for what's looking like up to two months. So, um, Sean, my good friend, you are a bastion of sanity, so I must ask you, what the hell's going on here? Well, one hopes it's just the ebbs and flows, mainly ebbs right now, uh, of a regular season that's 82 games long, and a six-game sample is not going to determine the outcome of their season, but they, they can't have two six-game samples in a row like this. Uh, somebody really smart said that uh, where you are uh, in the standings by American Thanksgiving is basically where you're going to end up. We're easily halfway there. Uh, is there anybody specifically that you want to talk about in terms of struggles? Um, there's definitely one person that I want to discuss, um, and it's Matty Beneers, the number one center of the Seattle Kraken. And I think he's emblematic of the struggle in general. There are struggling players throughout the lineup. Um, Jordan Neverlay has had his fits and starts. Um, guys like uh, Jaden Schwartz have had fits and starts, but it's Matty Beneers who has been obviously and outwardly struggling. He is well below uh, any projections for how he was going to play, at least in terms of possession. He looks like he's fighting it pretty much every night. Um, I took a look over on the NHL's new edge stats, uh, looking for, you know, give the NHL a chance to explain to me what's going on. And one thing I definitely noticed is that he has been getting pushed to the outside the almost the entire season up to this point. He has, just from my recollection, exactly one shot in the high danger parts of the ice. Uh, all other parts, it's one very off to the left wing, uh, several that are on the uh, outside of the left circle, and that's about it. Obviously, he has no goals right now, and he has really no playmaking to speak of right now. He just looks completely not himself it's not just like a sophomore slump this looks really bad and so it's like and i've been you know i've been trying to build a case for this being just like some yips or a sophomore slump or something like that but he looks like supernaturally beat down and i just want to get your take on this because it's this is not the guy i signed up for this guy could not be the same Matty Beneers, can he? Well, if I can be the guy that helps us step back from the ledge, I think that, you know, if he hadn't had the rookie of the year type season he had last year, we'd be saying this is a player in his second year, looking to find his stride, looking to find where he is in, in the league and what kind of player he is. And we wouldn't be that concerned about a, a sophomore player through six games unfortunately or maybe fortunately he has a track record of just stepping in and being a top six guy from his 10 game um, show two years ago and then all of last season he was mr consistent and so i think that that sets the bar higher and it's why it feels a little bit like panic as as we see the way that he's performing 
you mentioned Eberle, and I know that often Baneers and Eberle are together. Eberle is a historically slow starter, and you don't want to, you don't want that to rub off. But but maybe that's some of it. I mean, may, maybe the passes are happening and uh, they're not connecting. Um, and well, let's face it, he's not alone. He's not alone, right? Right. I mean, I, we're we're singling him out, but. The offense in general has been having that trouble of uh, a big thing that's come up is uh, great passes that go nowhere, um, passes to the middle of the ice that just get immediately intercepted and taken away. Um, A big one that's been driving me crazy is hanging on to the puck a little too long. There have been multiple instances where a player has waited out the goalie and then waited so long that he's out of shooting range and misses a golden shooting opportunity. And so the Kraken have been basically at war with themselves as well as the enemy team. And it just feels like if you're going to have a guy who has had just such a great start, great uh, opening season, you'd hope that he'd uh, help be part of the solution. And if, this was just like a number of different players who were having fits and starts. Like you said, like Jordan Neverlay starting slow. You'd hope that your Calder winner could jump these guys go up and get them going. But right now he just looks, he kind of looks lost right now. And it's just, just dragging the whole experience down to sit there and say, I know that this player is better than this. Well, and I so. think that's the truth is that, He's put the pressure on himself but by the way that he's performed up until now that he is going to be looked to to get the team going as opposed to going along with the flow because he is the team's highest ever draft pick and he has shown through a significant body of work up till now that he can do it. Um, and the whole team better start scoring overall because, as you know, schedule is not getting any easier. No, it is not. Um, it starts by going to Detroit tomorrow. Um, and we are we are men of slight age now, and newer fans may not remember a time where this team used to be the world beaters that they were. But these Detroit Red Wings, early on, I admit, kind of look like they're for real. And that is a team that I am starting to begin to believe in. And that is... A kind of a scary thought. Um, right after that, you after you survive whatever Alex DeBrinkit looks like he's going to be, and just how fast that those Red Wings play, you're playing Carolina again. Yeah, and, and they're mad. They're mad. Oh, they're so mad because they not only drop, they didn't just drop their uh, an absolute bad loss, honestly, to the Kraken. They also had come into that game off of kind of going kind of 500 throughout that West coast experience for them. And so they've got to be looking to just take as much vengeance as they can. They've got to be fuming mad. And then after all of that, you get the chaos grab bag of playing both Tampa at home and the Panthers at home, meaning that you are dealing with two teams that, can absolutely score their way out of their problems and also start most of their problems, meaning that at no point is the game state ever truly decided, especially this year. Is there any hope that we can gain from uh, 
this upcoming schedule. I know I have at least one win that I think they could pick up, but I'm curious to, to see where uh, where you're looking. So when I looked at October, it was ugly, even before the season, even knowing how they did last year. It's a, it's a tough set of games. And I said three and a half wins is surviving. Okay. So we're at one and a half wins. You only need two in the next four games. They've proven, although not consistently, they've proven they can beat at least one of these teams. And if they can beat one of these four, they can beat any of these four on any given night. If they, think. if the worst happens and they're zero and four through this stretch, and they head into November with only one win, well, I think we missed out on Connor Bedard for no reason. <laughs> oh God, that's a scary thought. But um, I do think that there is a win, at least one win in here. Um, I don't know how many uh, lightning games you've seen this year, but they are one of the most frustrating teams I think in the NHL to watch. I could not imagine being a lightning fan right now because for every positive that they have, not having Andre Vasilevsky means that it can go away in with a snap of the finger. It is one of them. You can never really trust them to have full control of the game anymore, which is very strange. I've gotten unfortunately quite used to them being pretty good. But other than that, this is going to be a rough uh, road trip, and I really hope that they come out swinging on this one. And another w- and a good way that they could do that is maybe start to make some changes. Um, one thing that they could consider, um, they did just lose a forward, and the obvious thought is, well, they've got to bring up a winger because Andre Burakovsky is a winger. Um, but one player they could consider is... Shane Wright. Shane Wright. Shane Wright uh, started his uh, campaign with the Coachella Valley Firebirds. Uh, The Firebirds have only played two games so far, um, but they've uh, gone 500 through that. And Shane Wright just recently scored his first goal. Um, They cleaned up pretty nicely in Tucson. He was a big part of their win. And uh, again, we we're going to i think we're going to have this argument about Shane Wright about whether or not he's ready or has been ready until either the Kraken are perennial playoff uh, a perennial playoff team rather or he's just a mainline NHL player for the foreseeable future i guess the question is can you sub him into this roster right now uh, especially given all the struggles that they're having right now, or do you think that what the hell you might as well give it a shot? I'd say you go for it. I think that Wright is going to come in. He's going to make mistakes. He's not going to be Beneers. Well, he might be Beneers this year, but he's not going to be <laughs> our, our favorite Beneers. Uh, but it doesn't hmm. matter when you're losing anyways. Like the bottom six that are playing today aren't doing any better than Shane Wright, and he's going to bring some offense and some excitement just from being a young guy up in the NHL getting his chance. And so I would plug him into the lineup. I would put him on the power play. I put him on the first power play. I think he probably ends up on the second power play. But the Kraken have had such trouble scoring with a man advantage. I'd go for it completely. And I'd keep him up as long as he can. If you didn't waste the pick on Shane Wright, then he's got to start making a move to the NHL. 
I'm not going to write him off if he if he crashes and burns, but I think as a franchise that's struggling, that's that's maybe starting to consider whether or not this is a playoff year. Take your blue chip prospects and put them in the lineup and see what you got. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I mean, I don't disagree. Um, One of the big concerns that the Kraken had coming into the season was whether or not you wanted to trust veteran leadership over youth. and for the most part, people are, I think the overall consensus over on Davy Jones locker room is that it's kind of split. Um, I think people are experiencing positives when it comes to guys like Pierre Edward Belmar, who has been to his credit, every bit, the defensive uh, dynamo that he's been portrayed to be. And uh, you could definitely say if this team is really struggling scoring, it's fine for a guy his age and for a guy who kind of struggles sometimes to create genuine offensive chances that you could probably plug Shane Wright into his spot. I think another guy that I think we could maybe make a consideration on is Riker Evans. Um, Evans has been very, very strong. He was extremely strong throughout the preseason. Honestly, I think he's played better just from my limited experience of watching him in preseason and through my limited viewings of uh, the AHL that then Brian Dumoulin right now, who is starting extremely slowly, he is maybe not the most ideal defenseman for what this team is, where one of their biggest strengths was always moving, very smooth skating, very, very good at sort of disguising explosiveness through just a constant stream of motion and having a guy like Brian Dumoulin, who has historically never really played that kind of game. Uh, it, it screws up the flow, I think. And Riker Evans, I think is probably better for what the long-term health of this team is supposed to look like. But from an offensive perspective, um, I definitely saw something in Shane Wright that is not present here. And it's presence of mind, knowing where everyone is on the ice. And that's been a problem throughout. So maybe having someone who can really identify scoring chances before they happen, especially from someone so young, might uh, improve things going forward. Yeah, uh, I think you're right about Dumoulin as well. I think that the thing that worked for the Kraken last year was everybody was capable of working within the system that Dave Haxall put in place. 
And it's always a crapshoot in the offseason. Players leave, players come in. It's never going to be exactly the same chemistry. Uh, I, you know, you can't take it back, but I sure think they miss Daniel Sprong and his offense on the bottom six. Um, I'd do both. I'd switch up a defenseman. I'd switch up a forward at minimum. I think that it can't hurt. And you got to find a winning formula if this if this year isn't going to be a write-off. I don't disagree. I definitely don't disagree. Um, if I could offer some positives, though, um, obviously, uh, looking forward, as you said early on, this is still a very young season. We're not at the 10-game uh, mark yet. We're not even at 400 minutes of even strength ice time, which is generally the uh, official fancy stats this is who you are moment where it just sort of establishes the trend for you uh and looking at the november there are some winnable games on here um entirely dependent on whether or not certain teams get certain players back um there you absolutely can come out of october you know take the take it as a wash reapply yourself once you get home and just put pucks to net and just keep doing it until there is a spark of offense and move around how you can and in general i think that the league worst shooting percentage thing will has to go away right it does like, everything returns to the mean so yeah like this is just a it's like a rubber band being pulled back as far as it can. And eventually it's going to snap and cause a pretty nasty bruise on some team. And then it's going to be back to normal. It's it's like I said, they have one of the lowest PDO scores in the game right now. There are teams that are that frankly don't deserve to be winning that are doing so much better than they are. And the I'm going to put this into the, the visual here. Um, because I wanted to, pr to make this point clear that it is so early on and there are, there's just, it could, it could all change in an instant. Um, our good friend at hockeyviz.com, Micah McCurdy, uh, creates these, uh, visualizations of, uh, both individual players and teams and the team's expected goals rates, quality shot rate is, uh, it, the Kraken are in slightly, slightly below average for a quality NHL team. They are in the same group, literally layered on top of each other as the Arizona Coyotes and the Ottawa Senators, two teams that are doing so much better than the Kraken are. And the only difference is say is shooting percentage, because otherwise. Here's a here's a huge positive for you. Uh, the goaltending's been phenomenal, I think. Like, Joey Decord's been shown up. Um, Philip Grubauer has not looked absolutely hapless like he sometimes did over the first two seasons. Like, they look like they're comfortable. It's just, been, it's just been this one part of the game that once they figure it out, it, I think this could be a much more smoother season than it started. It's just the hardest part of the game to figure out. Uh, you're right. The Coyotes and Senders are both at three and two. And frankly, if the Kraken had one and a half more wins, 
this is a different conversation. It's a winning record. They're doing fine, right? Yeah. That's all it's going to take. We'd just be talking about the Detroit game as like the first big challenge as opposed to like a potentially monumental problem. And it's it's such a it's so so hard to take early season results like this as sacrosanct, but it's so difficult to watch them go through these teething troubles as though they were a much younger team than they are right now. But I know that this is an 82 game season. You know, this is an 82 game season. We could be waiting for this team to absolutely blow out every team on this away schedule that they're going on right now and then come home and just blast the flames and the preds and everything will be fine. It's just early seasons. Early season is silly season in a lot of ways. And so a lot of people make a lot of big proclamations that don't turn out to be true. Yeah. And I'll say one thing that Dave Haxtell did well all season last year was adjustments. Mm-hmm. Both in regular season and playoffs, he found a way when things weren't working, changed it up, and he found a way to make it work. And let's hope he's doing that right now. Well, we can only hope for that. Uh, looking around uh, the NHL a little bit, we've got all sorts of funny little storylines happening. If there is one big thing that I do want to bring up as an unambiguous positive is that the Pacific division, which everyone sort of assumed was going to be the division to beat. It was going to be the big uh, knife fight that I have sometimes characterized it as. Um, It appears that everyone did show up with knives, but everyone is now bleeding um, outside of the Vegas Golden Knights, pretty much every team has either been a complete shock or is going through some great turmoil. I know both of the Alberta teams are looking really, really shockingly bad through the first couple of games in a way that, uh, frankly, shouldn't be true. Um, Vancouver looks like they've always been here, which we know is not true. Um the night, the night, I mean, obviously the night's been fine. The Kings look like a good team for two, three games, and then they'll just lay an egg. Um, this is a division that is still very much up for grabs. The actual difference between uh, a playoff spot right now and where the Kraken are is three points. Like it's, this is still a very, very early season. It's still a winnable division in my opinion. It sure is. It's absolutely within reach. And all those teams who are doing well, it's a mm-hmm. small sample size for them, too. I think the Knights are for real at 6-0. and Yeah, um, that's the one that I don't think we're going to really see much change. I mean, they'll probably start losing games eventually. But, you know, there there's always been a little bit of consternation when it comes to the Knights because they don't always do things based on hockey tradition. And a great hockey tradition has been the Stanley Cup hangover, where they don't play nearly as well uh, post uh, Stanley Cup victory as anyone else. And here they are, right at the top of the NHL. Could they please leave some wins for the rest of us? We know that they have an embarrassment of riches. Could they not just kick us some, kick the rest of the league something? 
because otherwise we've got otherwise good teams losing to the Arizona Coyotes who are good or maybe like entertaining at the very least. That was something that I thought had an outside chance of happening. And early on, it seems like it's happening. And I'm a little scared by that. I think if you draft low enough for long enough, you end up with an exciting team, even if it's not a good one. So we'll see about Arizona. I wonder what it's like in that barn. Um, I imagine that it's a, a wonderful respite from the, uh, I'm not quite sure what it would be in uh, Celsius, but the 80 degree weather all the time at bare minimum. <laughs> um, I know that if it, if they get people going, it can be loud. Um, I can tell you that from covering the other team when they uh, uh, lost to the Arizona Coyotes once. Uh, I'm sure no horrendously embarrassing losses like that ever happened to again to a low, uh, low level uh, warm team. Anyway, looking around, um, this is going to be kind of interesting. This is one, one thing I wanted to bring up because I'm not sure if uh, uh, Sportsnet and and uh, the Canadian market is getting something similar to this. The NHL will be playing uh, 16 games tomorrow. Uh, well, it will be today by the time this uh, gets up. Uh, and it will have a massive staggered start, and it will be on ESPN, uh, ESPN Plus, and ESPN2. Um, the Kraken, obviously, will be one of those teams. They will be playing at 5.15 Pacific time. And uh, they will be supposedly bouncing around between the games, sort of like uh, the NFL's red zone. Um, if you know what that is, the NFL's red zone is where a number of games are going on concurrently, and they will uh, sort of zoom in between the two games or the however many games are going on at this at once, and they will just pick them out as interesting stuff's happening. So I wanted to get your opinion of this great day of hockey that is upcoming here for the league after a surprisingly light schedule here on this Monday, 20, uh, October 23rd. Well, I love the sound of it. I do wonder why they do it on a Tuesday. I guess that's the <laughs> NHL's marketing department. Uh, <laughs> if they could compete on a Saturday night or Saturday during the day and they didn't, they had this many games and that sort of a format, I think you'd, you'd scoop. Well, it's I'm Canadian, so maybe it's not the same, but it, People will be watching hockey all day here up in the freezing north. Of course. Well, I think the big the big hurdle that you'd have to overcome is a couple of the southern markets, because down there college football is king. But otherwise, rest of the league, you could probably make that work. I am a little confused as to why this isn't being done on like a Friday night or a Saturday just at like in between the whatever sec game is being played and i think this could be an interesting idea i want to see them refine it whatever however this broadcast goes it could be great could be a disaster um i definitely want to see more of this because frankly uh one big issue that i've been having with the league lately is that not everyone can watch the games down in the united states and it's a real I would have to I would have to change the rating of this episode to really express my opinion of how the league has done its business regarding that. But I am very excited to see uh, where this big, long day of hockey is going to go. Uh, it'll start at uh, 
I believe, uh, three o'clock Pacific. It'll start uh, east uh, 6 p.m. Eastern with Toronto versus Washington, and then it'll just be a game every uh, half hour to 15 minutes. And I'm sure that'll be absolute chaos once the uh, once they put this on ESPN. But other than that, I'm really excited. I can't wait to see what this looks like. Gotta feel sorry for the fantasy hockey managers who are gonna have to make some tough decisions tomorrow. Oh god, <laughs> yeah. Check your fantasy team now because you're not gonna have any time. Uh, once you get home, you'll have maybe enough time to check your team and then make dinner, maybe. Because otherwise, you're just going to be sitting there with your head in your hands, sweating bullets. Oh, gosh. Doesn't make a difference for me. I lose either way. (laughs) Well, you know, you can consider consider that uh, draft capital that you're building for the future. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Much like many an NHL squad. That is true. Speaking uh, definitely a couple of... uh, NHL squads I can think of specifically the Sharks I don't know if you've watched many Sharks games this year Um, I just wanted to bring this up because I had turned a game on that was unrelated to the Kraken and I watched perhaps one of the worst defensive performances I have ever seen in my life Um, shots from the point that as we have learned throughout the years are starting to get blocked more and more Um, Teams aren't really taking uh, slap shots as much as they used to because of that. Exploratory shots on goal made it all the way to the net. Stuff that I would sit there and say, why'd you take that shot? Made it to the net. Any anything you could try made it to the net. And I cannot imagine what poor Sharks fans are going through right now because they've got another. I believe they've played. Uh. I think they've played about uh, six games by this point. Five games. They've got five games down. They've got so many more to do. Like, this could be... We could be watching one of the worst teams of all time happen out in Northern California. And given that the Blackhawks just wrapped up one of the worst seasons in recent memory alongside the Ducks, like, this could get rough. And there's no Connor Bedard waiting at the end of the season for the the loser either. There is not. And as a matter of fact, like I think we're going to have trouble in recent drafts because so many of these kids will have lost years to the thing what ended the world so long ago. And we're going to be finding these guys who have these amazing come, come into the league seasons where we wonder where they came from. And the reality is, is that they either like had to spend a year in Europe or they just, they couldn't play. So uh, whatever happens to the Sharks next, from the bottom of my heart, knowing that the Kraken will have to play them eventually, um, good luck. This doesn't get, it doesn't get better from uh, just one draft. I promise you that. Well, I mean, it kind of does, but you're, I hope you have you have good scouts because the next uh, next seventy something games is going to be rough. Yeah, you got to fill a full roster year after year, and good players, good free agents don't want to come to the bad teams, right? So it's yeah. it's not enough to draft high. You have to build something around them. It's, a, it's what the Kraken did well, 
and you know pivoting back to our team we hope this is a blip for us and we're not headed down that uh never-ending rebuild path that so many expansion franchises have done uh, i'm not ready i'm not I'm not saying we're there but uh let's let's look for the win column right away i don't want to be i don't want to do early season uh junior reports like i know i'm doing like a one monthly thing for fun but i don't want to start like having to care about top 10 draft picks in the middle of november that just doesn't seem like fun absolutely um, not i don't want to know a lot of wads i don't want to know the top 10 europeans let's just, <laughs> let's focus on winning games in november december and winning games in may and june for sure and so we still have a winter classic to worry about upcoming so uh other than that i think that'll do it for us this is a good long podcast we had a good look at so many different things we had uh, a good time doing so and i think we've learned a little bit as well and again as a blunt reminder it's still early we don't need to panic yet this is all just really frustrating but hopefully they'll come out of it throughout the next couple weeks. So uh, I think we can wrap it up here. All what right. say you? All thank right. You, Sky. From Sean Mallon, myself, Sky on Air, we thank you so very much for listening to Beneath the Frozen Sea, a fan's first sports network, and DavyJonesLockerRoom.com podcast, now part of the Four Hockey Fans Network. Uh, if you want to go and take a look at our other four hockey fans network sites, uh, they are we have a link on our website to give you a good look at some of the best that SB Nation uh, chose to throw away, and we are true doing the best we can to prove that that was a mistake. You uh, you absolutely got to check these sites out. They're run spectacularly. There are some very smart and talented people working on this stuff. And I really hope that you guys get an opportunity to check it out as well as taking a look at our written content over at DavyJonesLockerRoom.com. On behalf of Sean and myself, we'd like to say thank you for listening and go squids. Go squids. Go squids.